Hello. It's a Monday evening here. It is quiet. The studio is all mine. It's peaceful. It's calm. And this, this is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Hello, one and all. I hope you're well. Uh, I have to admit, Mondays are now my favourite day. Uh, I don't know how you find it, um, but I find it an absolute struggle with being at the beck and call of my diary. I mean, everybody wants to be busy. Of course you do. But I find it really hard, and I found it really hard ever since I switched out of my career in the city and took on uh, this beautiful job of ours of being a portrait photographer. And I don't know why I find it so hard, but I think it's because uh, two reasons. One is my diary. It's not It's not about the workload as such, though that does factor into it. It's about the fact that every day, every day, I'm sort of told where I have to be and when for good chunks of it. And while that in itself is not a problem, I love the shoots, it's that I can never figure out how to get everything else done. And because of that, I get stressed that nothing is ever completed. I've got numerous lists of numerous things in all sorts of directions. You've no idea how many things are going on around us at the moment. And yet I find it really hard to drill down and get everything I need to get done done. And I find that incredibly stressful. Um, Let me know how you feel about that, but I find it really hard. Anyway, one of the changes we made last year was that on a Monday, we're now closed. That's it, closed. And it's perfect. Uh, nobody else is in here. The cleaners do come in. Uh, Trudy and Beetle. Yes, you can make these names up. Trudy and Beetle, the loveliest people on the planet. Uh, they come in and they kind of hoover around my feet and um, give the studio a really good clean. And that's my only interruption, that and numerous Amazon deliveries and the occasional client coming to pick up a frame. Uh, but I don't answer the phones. I try and stay off email as much as I can. But I let me get my head down and really concentrate on creating some stuff. And that's been really, really useful. So today, for instance, uh, I've recorded a pair of videos for Mastering Portrait Photography. I've done one on uh, frequency separation, uh, the basics, how to do it, and then another one on how to apply that and a couple of other techniques to removing the creases out of clothing. And it's only because the studio is quiet and there's nobody here that I can do it. During a normal day, I can't do that because there's people coming and going, the doorbell's always going, the phone are ringing there's chatter but my Mondays my Mondays are peaceful however it is now quarter past nine on a Monday evening and I'm still working Uh, I didn't quite manage to get everything I needed to get done done Uh, and so I'm still here me a microphone a recorder uh, a big mug of (laughs) big mug of coffee very strong coffee uh, and hopefully I'll get to the end of this Uh, so that's my my view on workload And uh, so what's happened over the past week or so? Well, uh, we did uh, another hearing dog shoot, and this was shoot number 300. I mean, it's quite a big number, 300 shoots uh, at the hearing dogs. And that doesn't include uh, doing uh, Her Royal Highness or some of the sponsorship shoots. This is just our regular slot on a Thursday morning where I go in and I photograph anywhere from between, I don't know, two or three dogs to maybe at max probably 10. So it, um, if I'm estimating, I reckon we've photographed a couple of thousand dogs in that time. And oh my goodness, what an amazing thing that has been. I started about six and a half years ago, I think maybe seven years ago. And it's just been the most wondrous time there. So yes, shoot number 300 has been and gone. Uh, we've did this week nine portrait sessions. 
uh, and I'll come back to those in a minute. Uh, one wedding, beautiful wedding, 18 people, the Crazy Bear, which is the venue, uh, 18 people, a beautiful day, beautiful bride, just lovely. I spent the whole day laughing. It's great when you get a wedding like that. Um, where you can actually uh, spend the time uh, with your client. And on top of that, this week we've had uh, the most wonderful wedding uh, reveal. Now, our reveals, uh, when a client comes back, they see their pictures, they have lunch, and they choose the images that are going to go into the album. And uh, Jacqueline and Marius came and saw their pictures. Uh, and they're just lovely, such a lovely couple. And she was so unbelievably excited. She was excited to book us. She was excited about her wedding. She was excited to come and see her pictures. And on email now, she's still excited uh, about what the album's going to look like. And it's having clients like that that make it all really, really, really worthwhile. Uh, we went down and did a camera club presentation. I love doing those occasionally. It's great fun. Uh, to go into a room of 100 photographers and just have the opportunity to talk about portrait photography in all its guises, to talk about why we do it, how we do it, to give tips um, and insights into how we create the images we do here and ideas that they can, if they wish, they could translate into their work and also to trade ideas. People come and tell you things. Uh, and that was just amazing. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, and then uh, yesterday I went and visited myself, uh, Jake, our son, and uh, Sarah went and visited a really old friend of mine, a friend of mine from university who I've known uh, for the past, oh, it must be 30 years now, it is 30 years now. Uh, such a nice guy with his family and had the most beautiful Sunday evening talking being silly, uh, reminiscing as you always do, uh, drinking and eating lovely food. Uh, the, only, <laughs> the only outcome of that, though, is that uh, both Sarah uh, and Jake, our son, would now like to buy a bigger house. So uh, today we actually went and visited the house uh, to see uh, just what we could get for our money if we uh, moved a little bit outside the village. We're not moving far, I don't think, uh, but my suspicion is uh, that uh, we're going to be trying to find somewhere that is a little bit bigger than the, than the place we're in at the moment. Right, so let's revisit a couple of bits. Portrait sessions, let's deal with this first. Uh, one of the hardest things to do, uh, and I, I give you context, I've done nine portrait shoots this week. Uh, there's a lot going on. We have things going on everywhere. And when you're doing, I mean, we're not a high volume studio, so nine portrait sessions for us is quite a lot. Um, but there's a trick in making sure every single one of those, every single one of those sessions is you at 100%. Because if you don't do that, each client won't will feel shortchanged. They won't feel like they've had the absolute best of you. And if they haven't had the best of you, trust me, that's not going to translate into great sales. And so I suppose my my pondering was, um, if has anyone else dealt with this psychology? But it's a, it's a little bit like, um, and I've, I think I might have spoken about this before. It's a little bit like pre-gig nerves. Now I'm one of those photographers that gets quite nervous before a client arrives at the studio and I'm almost hoping they don't turn up which of course is ridiculous of course I want them to turn up we need them to turn up that's the revenue stream but you're nervous your heart rate is up your adrenaline levels are up and it's exactly the same as it is just before you go on stage if you're playing with a band you wish the the ground would swallow you up uh, and the gig was never going to happen yet of course You've rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed for this. You know the songs. And in this instance with a portrait shoot, I know what I'm going to do, or at least I know how I'm going to approach it. I never know quite what the shots are going to be because I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know what they're wearing. The light could be different because I do an awful lot of stuff outside. Um, and so 
each client as they turn up. You're having to make it up really quickly. But I've been doing this a long time. And I know in my heart, I know deep down that in the end, the shoots are going to be lovely. Um, but you need to go through this process where I'm feeling quite nervous. I'm feeling quite apprehensive. The adrenaline levels are up. And then as they walk in the door, suddenly the excitement hits me and off we go. And all of that energy and all of that excitement has to be driven into your shoot uh, to make sure uh, they have the absolute best of it. And we've had a couple of notes this week back from clients who've really, really loved the shoot itself. They haven't seen the images yet, but they're really, really excited to come back and see their pictures because they had such a re such an enjoyable time. And if they've enjoyed it, I know in their mind they're thinking the pictures are going to be great. And if they're already thinking the pictures are going to be great, I'm halfway to a good sale. So it's absolutely critical, absolutely critical that each and every client has the absolute best of me. Today, today, today is going to be a day of successes and excitement. It is not going to be a day of disappointment. And I look at, I do that every single shoot. Right, on to the main topic of today. So myself and Sarah had the honour of going down to a camera club down in Maidstone in Kent. <laughs> it was a bit of a surprise to find it was in Maidstone uh, because I hadn't paid a full, full attention to my diary and thought it was in Maidenhead. Now Maidenhead is about 40 minutes away. Maidstone is just over two and a half hours away. Certainly it is at rush hour. And so it came as a bit of a surprise to find that we were having to leave uh, a lot earlier than I'd anticipated. But anyway, we, we arrived down in uh, Maidstone uh, to a fantastic camera club. I think there must have been 100 and something people in the room. It felt like 100 and something people. Um, and as usual, they wanted to hear stories about me as a portrait photographer, the kind of images that uh, I create, how I go about creating them, how we find clients, how we do the edits. Uh, but it's a photography clubs or camera clubs are very much camera. They're very camera enthusiastic. It's all about the photography. It's much less about business. Many of the photographers there uh, will be um, enthusiasts rather than professionals. Uh, but on the whole, they are hugely knowledgeable, hugely skilled and really want to talk to you about your work. So uh, I did the first half, so I did about an hour or so on presenting our work, some of the award-winning images, talking about life in the studio, the people I mix with, some sli you know, slideshow, that kind of thing. And I had the second half of my presentation all ready to go. And when we got to the interview, it got to the interval, uh, arrived a beautiful cup of tea. I tell you what, <laughs> you do get used to getting polystyrene cups of tea, uh, but this wasn't that. This was a proper teacup with proper tea and a plate of biscuits. I tell you what, they know how to look after their presenters down in Maidstone. Anyway, numerous people came and found me and separately people went and found Sarah to ask about our views on photography judges and the process of judging. I couldn't quite work out for a minute what was going on. But in the end, having had a conversation with quite a few people, there was a degree of disgruntlement about some of the judging they'd experienced down in Maidstone. Now, I don't know. I have no idea um, of the history of that. I don't know whether it's something that's been building up over years or months or weeks. I, I don't know anything about it except that clearly there were quite a few people who were a bit fed up about judging. And so after the interval, instead of um, going straight into the second half of my presentation, I dragged some prints out and we talked about them as if I was a judge. And during this conversation, it became, it became quite apparent that some of the judging they'd had down there, if I'm being charitable, the language used wasn't very helpful. 
if I'm being a little bit more cynical, I'd say they've had some pretty crappy judging. Now, that may or may not be true for other camera clubs, but that's certainly how it felt uh, down there. Now, it got me to thinking about the responsibility that we have as judges, because I also uh, judge for photography competitions, both at a national level and, about, and camera club level as well. And it's actually quite scary. If you think about it, every image you ever produce and enter into a competition, they're always going to be images that you think stand a great chance of doing well. You're not going to enter something that you think is going to fail. That's just not how competitions work. You're going to pay, you're going to spend time doing the processing, you're going to pay for the printing, and you're going to pay for your competition entry. And as such, that means you're going to bias it towards the images you really, really, really think are going to do well. And if you're not entering those images, well, frankly, you're making a mistake. Uh, so by definition, print competitions, you're going to enter images that you think are going to do well. And you won't see the defects or the judging criteria, rather, that a judge will see. So it was a really interesting process talking through these images. And one question came up quite a lot, which is, why is it all about the rules? Surely, as it's an art form, it should be about the art. And that's a really interesting puzzler. Now, tomorrow, uh, with the Master Photographers Association, uh, myself, Suke and Hoss Madhavi, we're three judges uh, who've worked both at regional levels and at national levels, um, are going to be talking about how we judge images. In fact, we're going to do a live judging, which is where people bring images in and we judge them. Now, normally judging is done in silence. But for this one night, we vocalise or verbalise exactly what it is we're thinking. We'll deconstruct each image. We talk about what we've noticed uh, and then we'll give it a score and our opinion on it so that the uh, photographers in the room can hear and see exactly what it is that's being judging. So down at the camera club in Maidstone, I talked through some of my images and explained why, although these are beautiful images, at least in my opinion, I know they'd never do well in competitions. And I showed them some competition winning images and tried to explain why I think those judges liked those images. Uh, you know, the things, typical defects, uh, every, you know, if a limb is straight when it could be bent, um, if you've blown out highlights, blocked up shadows, cropped it badly, cropped through knuckles, through elbows, through joints, that kind of thing. You know, these are all things that judges look for. Oversharpening, blurred, stuff that's out of focus. Um, but the thing is, what I think was missed somewhere along the line was that the audience down there was under the impression that the impact of the image wasn't important. It was just a technical exercise and they were getting a little bit fed up with it. And actually, I don't know what judging experience they've had, but that should never be the case. In fact, the number one thing we're looking for as judges is impact. After that, of course, we have to find a way of taking all of the images that have been entered. And this is these are photographers. Every photographer thinks their image is good. But at the end of the day, we have to put together a ranking from the winner all the way through to those that might do better in a different competition or on a different day um, in a way that every photographer, though they may feel they should have won, of course, can understand where we were coming from. And I think as judges, we have a degree of responsibility to do this in a way that is both entertaining and informative and to a degree educational and inspiring. OK, it's a huge responsibility and you have to take it seriously. Now, you can't make everyone happy, but I do believe you can be constructive and you can give people things to take away. 
I do not think, I really don't think, it's appropriate for a judge to be slating off images, to be swearing about people in the images, to be calling um, people in images ugly or, you know, being rude about clients. I think these are things that are, I, I don't, I, I'd say they're from the past, but I don't even think in the past that should have been acceptable. You should not do it. If you were a judge, you have a responsibility to that audience, to those entrants, to make sure when they leave, they feel inspired to get their camera out tomorrow and do better. You do not destroy them. You do not destroy people's images or their clients. The rules that are there for all judges, I mean, we all know these rules. I say we know the rules. We know the principles. They're not really rules about, you know, bending limbs, finger positioning, backs of hands, lighting in the eyes, etc., etc., etc. These are the things we look for. Um, at the end of the day, though, they should not override the emotion of the image. But how else, how else do you think as a judge we can find a winner? Because, of course, if all of the images have the same amount of impact, let's say theoretically you have 10 images, they all have the same impact, but each of them has broken the rules in a different way. Somehow we have to figure out how to prioritise the shape of those rules and whether we think the photographer was doing it creatively, whether the photographer didn't have control and come up with a ranking. But it's really important that that sits in the context of people creating beautiful images. You don't create rules-based images. You create beautiful moments. And the thing as an entrant, as a contestant in these things to remember, if you're one of the people who enters competitions, never quite certain why or how these rules, you know, or even if you believe in them, remember this though about the rules, is on the whole, they've come about over the years because people like images that follow these rules. Soft hands, the way the fingers are crooked, not looking at the back of a lady's hand because it looks clumpy. You know, I've seen so many images recently where the back of the hand is bigger than the face when you look at the image carefully. Um, you know, big backs of hands. Unless it's a power image where that's important, it's unlikely that that's going to be appealing. Images where the highlights are blown out. If you've blown out the highlights, it better be for good reason because usually what that means is your exposure's wrong. Now, if you're photographing things that got lots of sparkly um, reflected lights, you might well have blown out highlights and that would be acceptable. But if you've simply over overexposed an image, probably isn't going to be acceptable, nor is it going to be particularly appealing. Similarly, large areas of dense black in a street scene probably are not going to look great because there should be detail in there. But large areas of black on an image where there's just, a, a, I don't know, a blue singer's face or a dog's face coming out of that gloom might be completely appropriate. These are all rules, but I'm telling, I'm, I'm trying to explain how they can be manipulated to work for the image or against it. Anyway, my point is this, really, that as judges, if you're a judge and you're listening to this, please can I just ask that your constructive and entertaining, informative and educational, as well as at the end of the day, finding the best possible ranking for the images that you're having to judge. I think the days when judges swear at images, are rude about clients, are rude about prints, um, make dismissive comments to photographers, I think those days should be well behind us. I don't think it was ever acceptable, and I really, really don't think... It's acceptable now. So that's my plea. And for those of you in the area, 
Tomorrow evening, that's Tuesday, uh, the 16th of April, uh, myself, Suke and Hosma Darvi will be presenting uh, the hugely popular, I say hugely popular, I have no idea how popular it is. We seem to get a full house. Uh, the Behind the Judges Curtain for the Central Region Master Photographers Association, uh, where we do this live judging. And so those of you around, I hope you enjoy it. I'd like to, love to see you there. Uh, and it should be a really, really good night. Okay. Uh, oh, another thing, another point. If you're someone who runs a competition, if you're someone who runs a competition, whether it's a camera club, an association, it doesn't really matter what, um, and you find a judge is the opposite of everything I believe in, then simply don't book them again and tell everybody else not to book them. Very quickly, they'll stop being on the circuit doing judging, and that way this kind of behaviour needn't happen anymore. So all those guys down at Maidstone, thank you ever so much for asking me those questions, and I hope in the process of answering them that you saw a glimmer of light uh, and uh, could understand the sorts of processes that most judges go through. That's my rant well and truly over. Uh, okay, on to some other bits and pieces. Uh, I don't know if you've been following, but the two fellows, this is myself uh, and Dave Stanbury. So Dave Stanbury is one of the UK's top wedding photographers. Uh, I'm supposedly one of the UK's top uh, portrait photographers. Uh, and between the two of us, we've joined forces. Uh, we're old mates. Uh, we've been around and about for a long time. Uh, the two fellows, because both of us have fellowships in the associations, uh, we have been, we ran a one-week course, a one-week residential workshop out in Italy at Graffi Studios Castello Ciccone, high in the Dolomite Mountains. Uh, we've kind of decided to do this because most social photography businesses are part portrait and part wedding. And actually, we thought it might be an interesting idea to have uh, two of us who both represent the best of the industry uh, in the same building at the same time, uh, talking variously about uh, portrait photography and then wedding photography and then about the businesses of both. And so it proved to be so much so it was so successful that we are running it again next year. Now, look out and about for those videos and little uh, teasers. Uh, but we announced today that it's going to be running again from the 11th to the 15th of May 2015. That's the 11th to the 15th of May 2015 though you will have to fly into Italy on the 10th of May. So that's the Sunday uh, to make it possible. Uh, again, it's up in the castle, up in the Dolomite Mountains. It's a stunning location. Uh, more and more people who uh, have been out there would will tell you the same. If you want more details, head across to the twofellows.co.uk. That's the twofellows.co.uk, T-H-E, number two, fellows, F-E-L-L-O-W-S. Uh, for more details on that, it's going to be another amazing year. We've got more ideas, bigger, better, uh, more ambitious, uh, and far more information to boot. Uh, over onto Mastering Portrait Photography, I've uploaded a pair of videos just today, uh, both really concerning frequency separation. So they're both, both of these are post-production videos. Uh, the first is on the basic principles of um, frequency separation and how to do it, step one. Uh, so at least you've got that in your tool set. And then the second is in answer to a question that Rachel Thornhill posted on one of our forums, which is all about how to remove uh, creasing in someone's clothing. And I've used frequency separation uh, to show that. Uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, it's just me on my own today. I quite like occasionally just to sit on my own. I've got a couple of interviews uh, still uh, to cut and get out there, but I thought today I'd do one just on my own uh, because the whole judging thing uh, sort of piqued a curiosity in me. Uh, but if you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a review. Uh, get across onto iTunes is the best place for those. 
leave us a rating and leave us some words uh, we'd love to hear from you if you don't like the podcast then please do email me and let me know how we can do it better uh, you can subscribe to the podcast so that every time we publish one it just magically appears on your device of choice whether that's an Apple variant a Google variant a Huawei uh, or a Microsoft or whatever's out there these days uh, then of course you can you can subscribe on any basically anywhere you can get a podcast uh, we're on Podbean we are on iTunes we're on Spotify we're on Stitcher we're on Radio Public we're on various other syndicated sites as well um, and of course you can go to the home of the podcast uh, which is the Mastering Portrait Photography website that's MasteringPortraitPhotography.com uh, which is dedicated exclusively to the passion and art form that is portrait photography anyway until next time i hope you've enjoyed this but remember be kind to yourself take care